So every single year I do a review of what happened the year before and the lessons that I learned. And this year was particularly one of the most difficult years that we've ever had because we had uh, job changes. We had cancer. Um, we had uh, uh, moving a lot of different big events in our life going on. And um, the lessons learned this year, as I kind of looked back on them, there were there were a lot of them <laughs> uh, for starters, and they were very profound. So I want to talk about 13 of them uh, now. And um, the first one was that I needed to protect my loved ones from when I die. So, you know, just facing the reality of if I was just suddenly hit by a truck tomorrow, like what would that mean for everybody immediately in my life? Um, you know, do I have a living will? Uh, do we have life insurance? You know, there were a lot of different things that come in this preparation of death that I realized I, I don't ha I haven't checked the boxes on all these things. Do I want to be cremated or buried? Like, I don't want people in my life, you know, that are, that love me and hopefully are grieving <laughs> when I'm gone to have to sit here and wonder what I would have wanted or where passwords to financial accounts were since I'm the one that handles the money and, you know, all this other stuff. It's like, I want to make that simple for them. So it all needs to be organized. There needs to be some type of life insurance policy. So that way they're not like pinched for anything if I'm gone just suddenly. So that was a huge realization for me and something that I made a lot of strides in uh, was that. Number two, um, I had I really defined and I've done this every year, but I, one thing that was very different was I really wrote it out. So I defined and I wrote out everything that brought value to me in my life. And then I just eliminated the things that didn't. Um, two notorious ones was I got off the board of a nonprofit that I was a part of that honestly, I just didn't feel very um, passionate about the mission. Uh, it was a good nonprofit that did fine things. I just, I was like, this isn't for me. I just kind of did it as a favor, but it was sucking up a lot of my time. Um, and I, then after that, I, I just, there were friends that I just said, you're not really bringing anything to this. Like, this is a lot more me putting things in. You guys don't really ever call to do anything. That's all me. And I just kind of stopped. And, you know, I don't think they really seem to care. And I definitely uh, haven't noticed much of a change in my life. So, you know, sometimes there's just relationships that it's like, wow, like, I, what, what, what value is this bringing to me? Um, and it may seem like a weird way to, to say it, but a true friendship should bring value to you. And if not, and you notice that it's just a one-way street, uh, it may not be worth your time. So that was number two. Number three. Okay. This one's a hard one, but shut up, listen to my wife and stop trying to fix everything. Now, this is not something that I just learned this year. This is a lesson that I've been painfully aware of, um, you know, even before my wife, uh, but the challenge is that I am a fixer by nature and uh, that makes things really, really hard <laughs> uh, to not go and fix. Um, but this year, specifically with my mother-in-law getting cancer, uh, everything that she was going through, the challenges emotionally that that put on my wife, the rest of our family, different things like that, I couldn't fix that. And it just became that much more important for me to do my best to just learn and be there with her and listen uh, and not try to fix anything because I really couldn't. And it's a it's a lesson that I'm going to continue to learn and have to beat into my thick skull as much as I possibly can. But it's one that's really important. Some people, they just need you to be there. They just need you to listen. They don't always necessarily need you to try to fix something. So very important lesson, one that I'm really, really working on. 
Um, okay, this lesson is not going to apply to a lot of people out there because the average person only reads about one book a year. For me, so if you're reading one book a year, this definitely doesn't apply to you. But for me, I've been reading about 25 books every year for the past decade. And what I started to realize was that that was too much. And this year I read 10 and I did something very different. So I only read 10 books this year. And then the focus was not so much on gathering knowledge as it was putting into practice what the books were teaching me. This is specifically nonfiction uh, that I'm talking about. And I, I do read a lot of fiction as well. Um, but specifically with the nonfiction books, uh, you know, whether it be around business or theology or whatever, I was like, am I really putting this into practice and executing and doing the things they were talking about? When I was just focused on reading 25 books a year, I was gathering a lot of information but knowledge without action is just theory. So I, I can know all of these things and read all these things in the books, but if I don't do anything with it, I, I'm, it's just makes you an academic and I'm not an academic, I'm a doer. So that was the focus, read less books and do more of what the books are actually saying. And it has made massive strides in like me being able to execute on my goals. So read less books, uh, like I said, some of you, that needs to be reading more books. But for me personally, that's what I learned. Number five, invest in myself. So this year, probably the most since college, I spent fourteen over $14,000 this year on investing in myself. A lot of that had to do with the fact that I quit corporate finally, and I am 100% doing the entrepreneurial thing. Um, a lot of you may go, Stephen, what are you doing right now? I, I, I'm on your website, www.stephencorson.me. And uh, yeah, guess what? I'm not selling anything yet because I've been doing a lot of research, a lot of defining who my target audience is, defining the problems that they actually are running into to make sure that when I do launch something in Q1 of next year, that it's what the people are looking for and what they need. So, you know, investing in myself in order to, you know, make my skills stronger, sometimes, you know, get new skills that I need altogether. Um, it is something that will absolutely 100x the value. I, I, will, I will make over a million dollars easily just from the $14,000 that I spent. Now, could I have learned all these things cheaper? Absolutely. A lot of this stuff that I paid for, I could actually probably learn for free. But the reason that I paid for it is because I believe in velocity, which is speed and direction. And by paying people who have already been there, who have already done it, who already have things figured out, by gate by you know paying for their knowledge i'm able to then do these things faster so it would take me longer to figure it all out by myself and that's why it's worth it it's not that i can learn it myself it's i would learn it a lot slower so like i said it's been the best investment that i've done in a long time take a little bit of money invest in your skills whether that's new ones or getting better at the ones you have number 6 actively evaluate what's in my god slot so what do I mean by the God slot? The God slot is just, we all have hierarchies of beliefs, you know, things that we believe about God, things we believe about ourselves, things that we believe about our culture, society, and the world around us. So the God slot, as I like to call it, is the top of the hierarchy of beliefs. So you may believe there's no God. So there's nothing necessarily there in your God slot. Um, but actually that's not true because if nothing, if you don't have a God in your God slot, then a lot of times People will put other things like maybe you uh, put your faith in your belief in a political party, or maybe you put it in yourself. So we all have something in our God slot, even if it's not something 
you know, traditionally that people would consider God. For me personally, my God slot is Jesus Christ. I'm a follower and a believer, but it's a vi- the the interesting thing about the God slot that I've noticed over time. It's like I can profess to believe in Jesus, but a lot of times I can move him out and I can put something else in there. My God slot, I may put money in there. Well, I, I, the thing I believe that will take care of me and take care of my family and everything I need is money, or maybe it's me. So just because you profess to believe in something doesn't mean that's always what's actively in your God slot. And for me, that was a huge thing this year is I had to really make sure I that I was evaluating and saying like, in this moment, in this thing I'm facing right now, in this trial that I'm in, what am I trusting in? Am I trusting in myself? Um, I, I let a lot of people down. I'm going to let me down too. So that's kind of what I mean by the God slot. There's by understanding what a person believes about God uh, to be true. Uh, that's one of the things that will tell you more about a person than anything. So, um, you know, for you, if you're somebody who's not sure what to put in their God slot, just know that I truly believe the most important thing that you can ever spend time searching for and seeking out is what should go there. So that's it for me uh, on that one. So number seven, um, take care of myself so I can take care of others. This, uh, we had uh, just, we had built a new house this year, or I'm sorry, last year, had just moved into it. um, And we had three kids under the age of four, at the time, it, it, like it, a lot of stress, not a lot of sleeping, a lot of bad eating habits. And I was tired. I was out of shape. And because of that, I wasn't really able to give my best uh, during a really difficult time and help others that really needed it more than I did. So I went on my first diet ever, got serious about exercise again. I think I lost like 17 pounds, uh, cut my sugar intake uh, and caffeine a lot. And that gave me more energy, actually. And by doing that and taking care of myself, I was able to take care of other people who needed it more. Uh, We were able to free up my wife to go help her mom uh, and her dad with the chemo, radiation, the things she was going through. I was able to take care of our young, extremely active, extremely needy kids. What is it with, you know, two-year-olds? Like, you know, you you would hope they'd be a little bit more independent at that point, but they really just need you for everything. (laughs) So... It, it really freed me up in order to do that. So take care of yourself and you can take care of the people around you even better. Number eight, buy low, sell high. If anybody has ever looked to invest in anything, you've probably heard this phrase before. The problem is that it's extremely challenging to do this because right now when we're in a recession, when the economy's crashing and everything's just kind of nuts right now, It's really scary. They actually have something called the greed and fear index that they track uh, consumer sentiment on. And you can guess for the past couple months, like things have been heavily leaning toward the fear versus the greed side. Greed side normally means things are good and people are buying things. Fear means the opposite. So the thing is, when fear is great, fear creates buying opportunities for the courageous. So it's hard to spend money when things are terrible, but it's the best time to spend money because things are cheap. And if you hold it for the long term, you're probably going to make money. So anyway, buy high, or I'm sorry, buy low, sell high, easier said than done. All right. Number nine, self-discipline is the key to attaining anything that I want. Uh, This is something that I've really understood and known for years. I consider myself a disciplined person in certain aspects of my life. In other areas, I have not put enough focus on it. Um, And just really coming to this 
clear, uh, you know, just mentality and determination of like, listen, the habits that you do daily end up being who you become over the long term. And, you know, really with food, sugar intake, I kind of talked a little bit about that. I really had to make some huge adjustments and I still do. I'm still getting better in that. I'm not where I need to be next year. Yeah, not even next year. I've started now. There's no reason to wait till next year. So I've started now. I've got uh, some healthier, uh, you know, habits that I have been doing, uh, better workout routines, different things like that. And I'm already seeing the differences. So, um, like I said, it doesn't matter what you want in life. The key to it is becoming self-disciplined. And if you can do that and stay consistent, you will get whatever it is that you want. You will. All right. Number 10, expand my professional network. This one is super important. Not enough people do it. Um, I am very active on LinkedIn. If you're not on there, you know, definitely check me out, follow me, connect with me. We'd love to connect with you. But expanding your professional network is something that is going to help your network. Uh, I'm sorry, your net worth in the long run. There's a lot of companies that are laying off people right now. Unfortunately, it's really sad to hear that. But because I've expanded my network so much professionally, I'm still getting job offers and I'm not even looking. So that is something that I think that people uh, take for granted is how strong their uh, professional network is. And one thing I do is I just take an hour a week. That's it, just an hour a week. And I purposefully during that hour send texts and emails to people that I know in my professional network. And it's literally I, I just to see how they're doing. Hey, how's it going? What, what's happening? How did this quarter end up? And I just do it just to check in on them, just to keep things fresh, let them know I was thinking about them. And I have no agenda. I'm not trying to get anything from them. And doing that has caused me to have some incredibly strong relationships that have really gone beyond the professional and into the personal zone. So that's been great. So look to expand your professional network if that's if you're interested in growing your net worth. Um, then we have eliminated 10% of my monthly expenses. So this is something that I do really every 18 months to two years. Um, you know, I review it annually, but I make sure hardcore I do it within 18 months to two years. And that's eliminating 10% of my monthly expenses because just like businesses, they will rarely go through a time of cutting expenses, even when things are good, actually, especially when things are good, because you can just get a lot of, um, a lot of bloat, a lot of fat, uh, things that, you know, they started off to do something and then the expenses kept racking up. You don't need it around anymore. It's just time to eliminate it or cut it from the budget. And I have never ran into anybody who we couldn't cut 10% of their budget without it not really impacting their life too much. And then you just take that money and you reinvest it into other things that matter, like paying off debt, investing more, putting it into something that really matters to you, like a family trip. Um, so there's a lot of stuff you can do with that 10%. So I got to tell people, I'm like, you want to give yourself a 10% raise? Just the easiest way to do it is to cut 10% of your expenses. There you go. All right. Number 11, pray more. This one personally for me, um, prayer gets a lot of crap in our society. And I understand that if you you know, don't have anything, you know, beyond political figures or yourself in your God slot. Right. But for me personally, there are real biological measurable, um, things that change when I pray more, when I'm putting my trust in God and I'm saying, listen, I'm not the one in control. You're the one in control. I believe you have a plan. I believe all things work for our good. So when I say things like that, and I truly mean it, I become less stressed. I become because of my beliefs, I become less anxious. Um, it doesn't mean I'm never anxious. It doesn't mean I never worry about anything. But there is something to be said about taking that pressure off of me 
of being like, I'm going to continue to do the best that I can do. But ultimately, I know that, you know, what's going to happen in my life is in the hands of somebody who's bigger than anything I can imagine and who actually cares for me. So for me personally, praying a lot more has been a huge boon to my health, uh, both mentally, spiritually, and physically in a lot of ways too. So yeah, like I said, prayer, highly recommend it. All right, 13, the last one. Belief is one of the most powerful forces in this world. And I started off, you know, I told you, uh, you know, all along this, that my mother-in-law got cancer. That was very difficult for us. Um, stage four, the one thing that the doctors told us, you know, they would not, it's a, it was a very rare type of cancer and they, they couldn't just be like, well, it's going to work out this way. Like they didn't deal with it very often. So it was really hard to pinpoint anything. But the only thing they kind of like ruled out for sure was the fact that, you know, cured was not really in the deck of cards. Like we were kind of hoping for manageable. Like we, we think we can manage this cancer. That's kind of what we're hoping for. And then there was the worst case scenario as well, which is just, you know, she wouldn't make it for very long. So it took nine months, multiple procedures, multiple scans, all these other things. And the doctors came back completely shocked, completely excited and told her that she was cured. And it took diet changes. It took prayer. It took laughter. It took crying. Um, it took physical therapy, uh, chemo radiation, all the things. It took all of it. And it took a community, a family coming together and believing, praying and a lot of different things in order for that to happen. And that still wasn't a guarantee that we would have had that outcome. There's plenty of people who do all the things that we did and they they don't have the benefit of hearing the the fact that the cancer is gone, right? Um, you know, but the reality is even if that would have wouldn't have been the outcome, the journey that we all went on together uh is something that made us all stronger. And um the belief that we all had in each other, the love, the support that was there is something that goes beyond the end result of just the cancer being gone. Like I said, at the end of the day, it strengthened us as a family. And, you know, that is something that I think is, it, it, it was incredible in and of its own right. So we're extremely grateful. Um, we're extremely excited. Continue to pray uh, for my mother-in-law. She, uh, you know, for, for anybody who's dealt with cancer before, um, if it was something that you just didn't have a quick surgery to get rid of it, if there was chemo radiation, you know, uh, it, whether you went through it yourself or if you've, you know, have a loved one that went through it, it's still a long road after that. There's a lot of recovery. There's a lot of, of, you know, aspects physically that are just a challenge when you've been poisoning your body to kill this thing off for so long. So, um, appreciate that. We appreciate everybody who did pray, you know, and, and, um, like I said, it's it, it was an amazing thing. So all that said, uh, to end this, that was the review of 2022. My theme for 2023 comes down pretty much to one word, and that is execution. So my theme for 2023 is that, uh, it, again, kind of goes along with that less reading thing, more doing. You know, I'm going to execute on loving my wife better. I'm going to execute on my prayer life better. I'm going to execute on raising my kids to my standard not society standard. Um, I'm going to execute on my business plans and I'm going to execute on a lot of you know personal plans for me and my health as well. So that's really my focus for 2023. It's on the doing. Um, 2022 
in relation to a lot of those was a lot more learning. And now it's really time to put the pedal to the metal and do, and you know, just lots of action, lots of action. It's going to be like a Michael Bay movie, <laughs> maybe not so much plot, but a lot more action. So all that being said, um, I hope that you have a great end of 2022. Um, this will be the last podcast for the year. I've got some big changes coming up uh, in 2023, just regarding the content. Uh, if you're not following me, please check out my website. I have some huge announcements that are coming up. StephenCorson.me is the website. Sign up for the newsletter. Uh, I will have some massive announcements that will be made in Q1 of next year, probably late January. And uh, yeah, thank you all so much for the love and support this year. Appreciate you all. And until our paths cross again.